Welcome back to the Gobble Em Up podcast, an official podcast of the Fifth Quarter Network, presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. Now, here's your host, Carter Hill and Lance Weller. What's up, everybody? How you doing today? It is time. Yes, it is time for episode four of the Gobble Em Up podcast, a presentation of the Fifth Quarter Sports Network and presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. It's time for your favorite line. Need a car or Mazda in Blacksburg? Head on over to Duncan. I drive a Mazda around town. I love it. So if you need a car or Mazda, head on over to Duncan in Blacksburg. They got you covered. If you're listening to us, to us on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and a review. And if you're not listening on Spotify, Anchor, wherever else, thank you so much for listening anyways. We so greatly appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Our podcast Twitter is at FQ Up. Our main fifth quarter Virginia Tech Twitter is at FQ Virginia Tech. My personal Twitter, Carter Hill, is at CBHill underscore three. And Lance's is at Lance Weller three. Paul Duncan, our producer, and I are here from the Gobblem Up HQ. Lance Weller, my co-host, he is at home this weekend, needed a break, zooming in from Apex, North Carolina. And I'm your co-host, Carter Hill. Lance, the weather is great here in Blacksburg in the, today. How's home treating you? What you been up to? Um, just kind of hanging out. I needed a break from the dorm, you know, so it's been good to get a little break this week. I guess that's the one positive of having all online classes. You can just kind of come home whenever. So it was good to get home for a few days, and uh, it's been good. Take those uh, shower shoes off when you get in the shower. Exactly. Get, no get flip-flops. Yeah, and <laughs> get some mom's cooking and everything. So that's been good. That's true. No more ramen. No Especially more ramen. after a uh, big Hokies win on Saturday. So I was in, in a good mood. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Virginia Tech picked up a huge win against Boston College last weekend. Really impressive one, actually. 40-14, to 14, they beat up on the Boston College Eagles here at Lane Stadium. Lance, I want to dive right into it. What are your first reaction when you're watching this one? <clears throat> I mean – our offensive line continues to impress. Um, you know, was, uh, what else can you really say besides that? Um, defense held its ground. What do we have? Four or five turnovers? What was it? I think five, five, five turnovers. Yep. So, and two big ones early in the game. They were kind of driving down in our red zone. It was, uh, kind of pushing us around a little bit. So it was big to get those turnovers. One was kind of unforced by them on the snap, kind of a weird exchange and they fumbled, but, uh, Defense was getting to the ball, obviously, quick, uh, getting their hands on the ball, so that's always good. Uh, it was nice to have Diablo back, obviously. That definitely showed up big time. I thought Taylor played a really good game at safety. He had an interception, correct? He did. Devin Taylor had an interception, the Illinois State transfer, and a fumble recovery, actually. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that. So, big game for him, obviously. But um, Boston College, again, they look good coming into this week. Uh they beat Pitt, almost took Carolina to overtime, and killed Duke. So um, I, I was really impressed with the win. Their quarterback, Jerk Fitch, they got some playmakers, Flowers on the outside. So uh, it was a very impressive win, I, I thought. I thought. Uh, what were your kind of thoughts on the game? Yeah, and I'm going to start actually with the man, Hendon Hooker. He played like he had something to prove this past week, and he, he showed it. Passing, this is just him throwing the ball. 11 for 15, 111 yards, a touchdown. But he was actually Virginia Tech's leading rusher this past week over Khalil Herbert, which is insane. 18 carries, 164 yards, and three touchdowns. 
especially in the second half, they got him running, and BC just had no answer. Khalil Herbert, though, still had a fantastic game. The Heisman hopeful has been really, really impressive so far this season. He had 18 carries, 143 yards, with a long of 57 yards. He did not get in the end zone, but Raheem Blackshear did. Finally, I was really happy to see him get involved. The Rutgers transfer has been really, really hyped, as well as Herbert, and I was glad to see him have a big game. Yeah, I will say Herbert did get in the end zone in the passing game on that screen. That's uh, true. That's true. It was very well blocked. Darisol just shoving this dude around for 30 yards. Uh, it's pretty pretty fun to watch. But, yeah, Vance squad is at it again. I guess what we are officially calling Herbert a Heisman hopeful now, is that is that his official term now? I hope. I, I mean, I, at this point, that? you have to. I mean, leading rush yeah. or leading in the nation all-purpose yards, like, come on. Yeah. It's such a uh, quarterback-heavy award now with – Lawrence and when Fields comes to play and Mac Jones and even Zach Wilson at BYU, but hopefully he can at least catch an invite to uh, New York. I mean, I think if we end up in the ACC championship game and he continues on this pace, he'll definitely catch an invite to New York City, which would be huge for Tech, obviously. Oh, yeah. First since Michael Vick. That would be huge to see a, yeah. a Heisman yeah. hopeful head on to the New York City. What is it, the, the Hilton now? Some, I don't even some... know what it is now. I forget, but yeah, that would be big, but yeah, yeah, some some hotel up there. And then on the defensive end, Amari Barno wearing the 25 out of wow, a huge yeah. game for the Hoagies. He had a good game in the run game, too, I thought. He didn't get really shoved around too bad in the run game. Uh, I remember one play, I forget what it was, but he like like he's very quick, obviously, and he ran down running back kind of behind the line, kind of strung it out and stuff. And uh, I was watching the game with my friends, and they were like, that, is that our defensive end that's so quick? I said, yeah, that's our 6'6", 235-pound defensive end. He's half defensive end, half cornerback, half linebacker. But, yeah. Um, and I thought Tisdale played really well, too. Uh, played uh, – he had, he played a good amount of snaps this game, I thought, um, from what I watched. And uh, he definitely stepped up. I thought he played a lot better than he did last week. And, obviously, he was playing out of position last week and just kind of scrambling. But I thought he had a really good game. For sure, and you know the game started off. You know, you touched on it. Boston College, they they are actually they're making our defense look silly, and they're going down. They're going down to score. They fumble the ball. We force a fumble. Um, I believe that was the one Tisdale did, but you'd have to check me on that. Um, they force a fumble. Virginia Tech goes down. Brian Johnson misses his first field goal of the year from fifty-four yards out. BC gets the ball back. They drive right down the field again, but they fumble a snap. Virginia Tech was really fortunate early on. They get a Johnson field goal. They head back down. He bounces back. It's 3 nothing. at the end of the first quarter, and you're kind of sitting there. And I was kind of scratching my head. I was like, we are really, really fortunate to be up right now. But, you know, we'll get to it in a minute. Luckily, we turned it on, especially in the second half. But we were really, really fortunate. And even in the first half, or the just the second quarter, I mean, BC, they still ran the ball pretty well on us, and they drove down the field. And we found our way up 17-7 at the end of the half. Hendon Hooker, like I talked about, great running game. Cleo Herbert had the receiving touchdown to put us up 17-7. to But we we were definitely fortunate to be up 10 points at the end of the half. Yeah, it was really – I mean, like you were talking about, that had to be huge for the defense to cause those turnovers. Just from a morale standpoint, after basically not even getting a stop last week and they were kind of – felt like almost the same thing might happen again. They kind of just marched down the field on us the first two drives. But – um that had to be huge for them, like I said, just for a confidence standpoint, kind of. And um, how about Dorian Strong? I mean, he keeps 
We uh, talked about him a little bit on the podcast last week. Not highly recruited coming out of high school, but, man, he keeps delivering. I mean, he's uh, holding up pretty strong out there. Waller was out again this game. So, uh, Sean played a bunch of snaps again, and you didn't really hear his name called much, which is good for a cornerback, obviously. So, really impressed with Dwayne Sean so far. But uh, Tech definitely caught some national love this week from uh, Pro Football Focus. I think they had Doug Nestor as their top right tackle of the week, and they had Hendon Hooker rated as the third highest quarterback of the week behind Sam Howell, which was kind of random to me because – I didn't think he played that great, but I guess the numbers said he played good. But, um, yeah, it was a good week for Tech, obviously. It felt like uh, we just kind of did what we want to the, did what we wanted to them, which is always good to uh, have on offense when you can just line up. And the other team might even know what you're doing, but they can't stop it. Yeah, and Virginia Tech, I mentioned this on our Twitter, but Virginia Tech forced five turnovers this past weekend, which is total payback for what happened in Chestnut Hill. Boston College turned Tech over five times last year on August 31st. Ryan Willis was the quarterback that game. That was before they made the Willis-Hooker switch. But nevertheless, it had to feel good for Justin Fuente and Justin Hamilton's defense to be able to force five turnovers and get back up the Eagles last year. And when your turnover differential is five, you're in pretty good shape to win the football game. Bill yeah. Jerkovic, though, BC's quarterback, transfer from Notre Dame, Pittsburgh native. I was impressed by him. He They kept comparing him to Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, which the more was more a little game, I could see me, it. But... He went 28 to 50, for 51, 345 yards, two touchdowns, did throw two interceptions. But I was pretty impressed by him throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, Boston College kind of is what we thought they were. You know, I mean, they threw the ball a bunch which, again, is odd for Boston College, but they definitely been throwing around this year. But, yeah, I mean, he was pretty elusive, like Big Ben, um, for his size at least. Had a good arm. I mean, I was I was, I was pretty impressed with him, honestly. But, uh, you just, you know, uh, we gave up yards, like you said, but it was about kind of standing tall in the red zone and uh, forcing turnovers, timely turnovers when we needed to to kind of keep their points down. But we did cover. That was uh, That's always good. Great teams cover. So uh, that was that was a good game all around this week. I was obviously very happy with it. That's straight from the betting man, uh, Lance Weller. His mindset is always we you know we we covered we covered so we're good. Yeah, we covered um, Zay Flowers, BC's wide receiver, and Hunter Long, who I was really really impressed with, who may be an NFL tight end, actually will will be an NFL tight end. Really impressed by him. The Dracovic Flowers and Long connection was there all night, pretty much. Um, bar, you know, the turnovers killed some drives. BC opens the half. They hit Hunter long. They make it 17, 14. You're kind of thinking, Oh, here we go again. But Khalil Herbert had that big 57 yard run and we, we ended up punching it in to make it 24, 14 and never really looked back from there. Yep. I mean, Boston college definitely had a few more drives where kind of the, the uh, result was in question, but once we kind of got into the fourth quarter and, um, I think they had a turnover on downs, and uh, we kind of pushed the ball down the field. And uh, we kept the starters in a little late when we were up 33-14, but Hooker said after the game, it just kind of – they starters really haven't played that many snaps together, so just trying to get them more in the flow of it and kind of uh, get them some awesome reps together. So I thought that was good, a good kind of two-minute-ish drive, just to kind of get a little um, confidence under the team with all their players out there, except for Trey Turner, I guess, who was – Fuente said he was banged up, but it sounds like he'll be back this weekend. So. Yeah, he's he's actually been dealing with a plantar fasciitis. 
So I think they took him out for, not for precaution reasons, but obviously it was bothering him enough where they decided to pull him. But he confirmed on Twitter he should be ready to go this week against Wake Forest. Um, but I you know got to give a round of applause to Justin Fuente keep, you know, for what he keeps doing. Virginia Tech had 15, uh, 13 guys out this past weekend. But for what he keeps doing to get these guys ready to play and just every night and give the fans something to watch is is, is really fun to see, actually. Yeah, I saw Herb Street had him as uh, the, his third best coaching performance of the week. So some national love for Fuente, which is good. He's uh, had a really good year. And saw Barton Simmons, who writes for CBS Sports, had Brad Cornelson as his top offensive coordinator of the week. So it was, a, again, a heck of a week for Virginia Tech football getting some national love. So it's good to see. Yeah, and that's a that's a solid Boston College team too. People can't shake that off. I know I had them in my top twenty five for, and I wasn't including the Big Ten and the Pac twelve, but Boston College was in my top twenty five the week prior. So you can't take this win lightly. I mean, any win is a win, and certainly good for Virginia Tech to have moving forward. Um, they have Wake Forest, Louisville, and then Liberty before they play Miami, and that that'll be a big one coming. That'll be a big one, but you got to take it. Yep. Take a take advantage of uh, a, a down Wake Forest team this year. They did get a big win against Virginia past week, but we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But overall, yeah, just just really, really pleased with Hendon Hooker, Khalil Herbert. The Virginia Tech running game was outstanding in this one. Um, just really pleased overall. If you, I know, if you have any fi- th- final <laughs> thoughts, Lance, yeah, uh, go for it. Hopefully uh, be 7-1 heading to Miami. That would be – or having Miami here, but playing Miami – Hopefully be seven and one. Uh, I mean, shoot, we're gonna have to take Liberty seriously. Apparently, Syracuse is really bad, but still, Liberty uh, looks like a decent football team. But yeah, uh, excited about the win, and hopefully, we can get to the next few weeks. And uh, I pray somehow we maybe even have some fans in the stands by the time Miami comes up here. But I'm hopeful so too. That that could be a top twelve 15, matchup if Virginia yeah, Tech top, wins out. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, top twelve, top fifteen, definitely. Yeah, and, and sorry to talk to anyone just joining us. Uh, this is the first week Lance and I are virtual. Lance is back at home this weekend or this week. So we're doing our best right now, virtual, a little trial and run. But overall, Virginia Tech, big win over the Boston College Eagles this past week, 40-14. to 14. Lance, do you just have any final thoughts? Nope, I'm good. This is a good win. Good win, good win. So – Good win for sure, 40-14 to 14 against the BC Eagles. Virginia Tech's now ranked 19th in the country. They're playing in Winston-Salem this weekend. We'll get to that later, but coming up next, we are so pleased to be joined by ACC Network's Eric McLean. Then we'll be followed with the by the Raleigh News Observer's Connor O'Neill, who covers Wake Forest football. We'll be right back on the Gobble Up Podcast, presented by Duncan Mazda in Black. Here on the Goblin Podcast, we are so pleased to be joined by former Clemson offensive lineman and current ACC Network analyst Eric McLean to come on and talk some ACC football. Eric, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Excited to talk about the Hokies. Man, what a fun time right now. I tell you what, those guys are getting us super pumped up on the uh, on the huddle. I tell you what, it's all aboard the Hen and Hooker hype train right now. Yeah, and that actually is going to read me right lead me right into my first question. You talked about it actually the other day on Packer and Durham, but what does Hendon Hooker add to this offense they were lacking before? 
Yeah, he he's just so calm, so collect, just really a guy that I think takes this offense to another level. You know, he's a pure passer, does not turn the ball over, while also being extremely efficient and dangerous as a runner. You know, it's so interesting how, you know, just last week in the game that they were they were playing, and it seems like, you know, his just pure ability to pass, and then of course what Khalil Herbert has been able to do was such a distraction that it's like, hey, let's just forget about his legs. And, you know, he takes off for, I think it was like 164 yards and a couple of touchdowns, three touchdowns. So it was very impressive to see. And and really what was also impressive was that he didn't really miss a beat. You know, I know he came in for the second half of that UNC game, put up 31 points, but he just looked so smooth. It did not look like his first start. And, man, I can't tell you how happy we are that he is back and, you know, hopefully the full-time driver of that offense. Yeah, Virginia Tech fans are going to second you on that statement. Moving along now, kind of in the ACC as a whole, I'm going to read through your power rankings real quick. Keep it on Twitter. Clemson, obviously number one. Notre Dame, two. Virginia Tech, three. Miami, four. UNC, five. NC State, six. Boston College, seven. Wake Forest, eight. Pitt, nine. Florida State, 10. Georgia Tech, 11. UVA, 12. Louisville, 13. Duke, 14. And Syracuse, 15. What are some of those teams? I know you just talked about Virginia Tech. But what are some of those teams that maybe be on the rise or falling down that stand out to you on that list? You know, I think NC State is is really on to something. Obviously, their quarterback just got hurt, which it's it's such a shame to see injuries play a negative part in, in this game of football. But it's a violent game, and, and things like that happen, especially even in this COVID era. You know, you never know when somebody's going to be out. And I know you guys can relate to that seemingly being hit harder than any team, you know, right now in, in college football, you know, having 20 guys out, 15 guys out. It's just something every other week. And and to see them finally at a place where we think they're at full strength and then a quarterback gets hurt. But the thing with, with NC State is they just find a way to win. You know, that they are a resilient team that really I've been impressed with. They've, they've won a bunch of different times. You know, this week, obviously, playing North Carolina, it's going to be a tall task, especially without your number one guy there at quarterback. I expect we'll see a little bit more of the ground and pound and, and you know, just because how much of an impact is Leary out really going to be. And then defensively, it's like you look at the stats and, and you just kind of scratch your head and you say, this is not the same defense statistically that I'm watching on film. Like they have ball players. Their linebacker core is tremendous. I mean, Peyton Wilson, Drake Thomas, Isaiah Moore, all these guys are, are really, really good. And yet they're giving up close to 400 yards a game, 30 points. So it's it's very strange. We obviously saw them step up and, and really make some big time plays in their last outing. But, you know, I think we just need to see more from them. But I think they have a big chance to make, obviously, a a pretty significant jump, maybe all the way up to four if they handle business Saturday against UNC. Boston College is another team right on the verge there. Uh, you know, of course, losing to you guys doesn't doesn't help their case. And, uh, you know, I think they're, they're, they're still a, a great team at the end of the day, a good team that's improving quickly and improving quickly in places that matter, quarterback play, defensively. So I, I think in a couple of years from now, maybe next year or a year after, you know, they're, they're going to be a really, really good football team. Yeah, the pack have definitely uh, circled the wagons here a little bit the last few weeks after taking one on the chin to us. But I kind of have two questions for you here. Number one, I know you do your power rankings every week like Carter was talking about, but who do you think, if you had to guess today, is going to finish second in the ACC? And also, true or false, Virginia Tech 
has the best chance to score with Clemson uh, out of the teams left that Clemson plays? I know they don't play Carolina in the regular season, but uh, just like what are your thoughts on Tech being the best chance to kind of be able to score with Clemson and keep it tight? Yeah, you know, you know, with that, it, it's going to be interesting for Virginia Tech, right, to, to be that second-place team because you look at the schedule, it's not super favorable when it comes down to the end. You play Miami, you play Pitt, you play Clemson, and then you finish with Virginia. So, I mean, you – it's a gauntlet. It truly is. And I wanted to say Virginia. I got asked that today, and I think I did. I said Virginia Tech, and then I'm I'm like, well, they've got a really tough November uh, and half of December. So it, it's going to be very interesting to see. You know, if you come out of that with, with one loss, and that loss is to Clemson, maybe you have a really good chance. But for whatever reason, you know, I, I think Notre Dame just has a really good shot of, of going with one loss. And so with that, it's kind of default that they're going to be number two. You know, to me, it was going to be North Carolina this whole season. I really thought that their offense would be able to do enough. Obviously, they have a huge hiccup against Florida State, but maybe that wakes them up and maybe that gets them going forward. So I really, I'm chickening out right now and not giving you a straight up answer. Uh, but I think it's going to be, you know, really between Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, and, and UNC. It's a little bit harder for you guys. So maybe, you know, it's kind of eliminated there. Uh, but then you talk about scoring with Clemson. It's going to be tough. You know, when you look at where you guys are right now, I'm, I'm going to call you one-dimensional. I think when Hinn and Hooker comes in, you're, you're going to be multi-dimensional and, and be much better, uh, you know, through the passing game and the attack, what he can do for your team. But it's just when I'm looking at it, and I've seen this story time and time again, that these great rushing attacks go against the Tigers, and that defense just schemes them up. And when you can take one thing away and make a team rely on something else, it's really hard to do. So – I think the growth that we're going to see from Virginia Tech is, is going to be exponential. I think that we're really going to see this football team come together when you start getting really, really healthy, have your entire team out there. So it'll be interesting enough to see. I, I think you do have on Clemson's schedule, I think you do have the best shot uh, of being able to score with the Tigers. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head with Virginia Tech's a really talented team, but with their schedule coming up, it's, it is hard to see them getting that second spot, especially with – no Coastal Atlantic this year, but moving back into the ACC, what are some games you're looking out for this week? What are you most excited to watch? Yeah, I think it's it's a lot of obviously good games this weekend when you see who – just the overall competition level that we're seeing from the ACC is taking a step forward. Uh, you know, NC State, North Carolina, we mentioned earlier, but I'm really excited to see that. Is this going to be a bounce-back game for UNC? Or is it going to be a statement game for NC State? Two ranked teams battling it out for you know state supremacy in North Carolina. Uh, but I'm, I am concerned about Leary. And it's going to be interesting to see if they can continue to find a way to win and, and to beat this UNC team. You look at other places on the schedule, number three, Notre Dame traveling to Pitt. This might be a little bit of a trap game for Notre Dame. You look again, what they can do, very one-dimensional on offense. Book has not been able to throw the ball he's 11th in the league in passing yards and maybe that's because he doesn't have to right similar to to you guys when you can run on anybody and you have a big strong offensive line and a couple of really good running backs you know why pass it we don't we don't need to but I think that this pit defense is going to force you to do so I really think that that defensive line is, is one of the best that they're going to play you know outside of Clemson and and so you see what are they going to be able to do you know I assume that Kenny Pickett is probably going to be out uh, you know, that we haven't heard any details on that yet, but 
you know, without him, there, there's a very small chance of a victory unless the defense causes turnovers, creates advantageous field position, and maybe even have to score. You know, so it, when you see what Pitt has, you see what Notre Dame has or doesn't have at, at the wide receiver uh, position in terms of, of production, you know, that game could get very interesting. Yeah, before we close it out and let you go, I want to ask a few questions fans submitted on Twitter and Facebook. The first one, actually, Paul, I want to bring you in right here for this one. <laughs> Come and then on, Paul's Paul. going to add in his analysis on this. But what what are your memories of Clemson beating Virginia Tech twice in 2011? Blew him out twice. Your retro year. Paul, here, give your thoughts on this one. Um, As a Tech fan, like growing up, I – Almost went to the Florida State game the year before, but for some reason I didn't go. And the next year, you know, Tech made it again. And Tech coming off like they won the ACC championship last year. I was like, okay, I'm about to see Tech win the ACC championship. And I, I knew Clemson beat us pretty well earlier in the season. And I remember I go out there. I'm with my cousin Jake. Where you know we got like the pom poms in her head. You know we're freaking out. And I remember we just get rocked. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to let you know, deep somewhere in uh, in Bank of America Stadium, you broke an eight-year-old's heart. I just got to let you know, <laughs> that team broke my heart. I'm so sorry, man. It, it wasn't personal. You know, that that was a crazy game. And, and just really, I just remember the hype going into that game. You know, a rematch between two teams that faced it off. Clemson, you know, had an unbelievable year that year. And then really just towards the end, you know, we just lost all control. It, it was it was kind of a wrap, and and so that really revitalized you know our season. And, and you know, it was like thirty eight to ten. Dwayne Allen scored like a hundred times, big tight end. Uh, just really couldn't be stopped. But I, I'm sorry that that happened. I didn't mean to hurt you. Can you ever <laughs> forgive me? <laughs> and also, when you think about it, that that game against Clemson, that kind of took and just took away the tech football dynasty in the ACC and kind of just very true, they just they just handed it to Clemson. Clemson's just been dominant after that game. That's I very have true. To give you guys credit. I mean, when when you see the results, it, it really is all because of you guys. So I think the Clemson family, uh, Drew Watts down there at, at uh, fifth quarter Clemson. You know, I think he has a lot to thank you guys for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was talking to him today, uh, the other day. He's a good guy, but yeah, definitely have some memories of those games too. But yeah, that honestly, very good analysis by producer Paul Duncan over here with uh, <laughs> handing it off from uh, Virginia Tech to Clemson to run the ACC, and obviously they've taken it another step further. One more, actually two-part question before I let you go. What was your favorite part of playing at Clemson and your favorite place to eat in Clemson, South Carolina, when you were there. Come on, this is an easy one. So, so my favorite part of of playing, uh, you know, obviously just our senior year. You know, going fourteen and zero in a national championship, uh, number one in the country, number one for the entire college football rankings, uh, which was really special. Something that we set out to do and and really wanted to accomplish. Obviously, coming up just a little bit short in that national championship game, lost forty five to 40 and, and really just felt like we ran out of time because uh, Deshaun Watson could not be stopped. He, he was marching up down the field on those guys. And uh, like I said, unfortunately, we just didn't have the ball when the clock hit zero. So that, that was probably my favorite moment, just that entire season. Uh, and then, of course, just grinding with your guys and, and being working out, you know, the spring, the summer, the winter, you know, times that, that aren't on camera that, that we really are just 
trying to become a better football team. That Those are memories you'll never forget, working out with those guys, going through the horrible things that we had to go through together uh, to get to our ultimate goal and, and achieve that. But place to eat, man, that there is no other place you should go except for the Smoking Pig in Anderson, South Carolina. It, it is the spot. They'll take care of you. They've got all the fixings. And, man, I tell you what, it's, it's one of the best places you can go in a college town. Man, you got to go to the Esso Club there. I, I don't know about that one, Eric. <laughs> the Esso is good, but it's it's kind of like for the older crowd. Like it's kind of it's kind of those guys that have been around, been there, done that, and they're they're just slowing down. You know, they, they can the, walk the to Ip the tape, stadium the, from there. The Ip yeah, Tate group, I, that's right. The I paid ten a year members, you know. Yeah, it's a lot more than ten, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I definitely need to cross it off my bucket list. I've been to Clemson plenty of times, but never eaten there. And I'll have to check out the the smoking pig. I think you called it, but I think that's what it's called. But I'll have to go check that out. But that's the ACC Network's Eric McLean. Thanks so much for coming on with us. Talk some football. Um, I, thanks for bearing with us. It's a little more interesting today hearing myself in my ear. But um, thank you so much for coming on and taking some time. No, I appreciate you guys. Continue to do the great work that you do. And, uh, you know, go Hokies. Excited to see you the rest of the year. Back here on the Gobble Up podcast, we're pleased to be joined by Wake Forest football reporter from the Raleigh News Observer, Connor O'Neill, to help us preview Wake Forest Virginia Tech. Connor, thanks for hopping on with us. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Happy to have you on. Uh, so just rolling right into it. Wake Forest got a huge win against the Virginia Cavaliers last weekend. What was your biggest takeaways watching the big, the Demon Deacons last weekend? Um. First and foremost, I mean, you know, you score 40 points, the offense played well, but the biggest thing to me was Wake's defense. Um, that was a unit that in the first game gets ripped up by Trevor Lawrence and who's not going to have that happen to him this year. Uh, then the second game, they they go to NC State and give up 45 points, and they really looked pretty terrible in that game, um, to, to put things bluntly. Um, they had the, the game against Campbell. I mean, that's an FCS game and Campbell did have a couple drives that they cobbled together. So Wake's defense in this Virginia game, they give up 20 points in the first half and you're kind of sitting there thinking, oh man, this, this is just, it's not going to get any better this year. And then the second half, they come out and almost pitch a shutout. They give up three points in the second half and that three points really only came because of a personal foul, a stupid penalty on a kickoff that gave Virginia the ball at the 48-yard line. So to me, the the adjustments at halftime, the defense kind of finally finding its fitting, I mean, or footing, it's really a unit that, that Wake thought was going to be the strength of the team entering the season and really had had been what was holding them back, uh, at least it was in, that, in the NC State game. So that was kind of my biggest takeaway. And you know, you the last three years, three plus years, you you kind of actually get used to Wake scoring a bunch of points. So they've got new players on offense, but they've got a lot of talent over there. Yeah, it was an impressive win for Wake. Definitely this weekend, it was a little rough in the first half, but uh, we were always rooting for Wake to pull away from the Wahoos. So that's good. But um, <laughs> we kind of ask uh, our beat writers that come on every week, be looking out for. I'm sorry, you cut out on me there. Can you 
you were asking who are you looking who should you be looking out for? We may have lost him. I think he was asking what players to what what players should we watch out for this weekend in Wake Forest, Virginia Tech. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, the first one's Kenneth Walker the third, the running back. Uh, he's got three straight hundred yard games. Um, two of those games are three touchdown games. He's he's a really special running back. He's a sophomore. Uh, last year he was kind of second and third in the pecking order, but you could see there was some talent there and. Now he, he hasn't even started games. Wake really is married to the to two running back system, and it's usually Christian Beal Smith who goes out there first. But Kenneth Walker is just uh, – he's a bruiser. He, he likes contact. He's an extremely patient runner. And the patience is what works really well in Wake's system because of the – you've got the long mesh, you've got the RPOs, and – you know, it's good sometimes to have somebody like Kate Carney, who they had last year, who is just a battering ram and will lower his head and get you seven yards and just plow into the hole. But where Kenneth really excels is is not plowing into that hole and kind of waiting and waiting and waiting and letting things develop in front of him. And then, you know, boom, he, he snaps off a 75-yard touchdown run on you and kind of changes the momentum of the game like he did last weekend. For sure, and that kind of leads into our next question. But how does Wake Forest match up overall against Virginia Tech this upcoming weekend? Yeah, it's uh, for, for what Virginia Tech does well with a with a quarterback who can run the ball as well as Hendon Hooker can, and with a running back like Khalil Herbert who's just dynamic in every way. Uh, on paper, this this doesn't match up favorably for Wake. Uh, they've for the last couple of years, struggled with quarterbacks that can run the ball. Um, you know, last year's game against Louisville, the 62 to 59 shootout comes to mind because Louisville had Mikhail Cunningham and uh, Evan, I'm blanking on his last name, but Louisville both played both of their quarterbacks last year. And I think one of them had over 100 yards. The other one had 60 or 70 or 80 yards or something like that. Um. It's, it's going to be a game where I think Wake has to has to get creative and get outside of their box and outside of their comfort zone and create some weird defensive line combinations and weird running back combination or uh, linebacker combinations to to be able to measure up against what Virginia Tech does offensively. Yeah, and I'll go kind of into some betting lines for you this weekend. Over under right now is at 68 and a half. If you're a betting man, what are you taking, the over or the under? Uh, I think I'm taking the over just because I don't, I don't know that I trust Wake's defense that much. And I know Virginia Tech is getting healthier on defense. I know that they're that that COVID unavailable number is coming down every week for them. Uh, and I know mostly it was the secondary that's that's been out of games. Um, I still think Wake's offense, they just – they find ways to score um, when when they're not playing Clemson. And and that's really it's, – it's a system that has evolved over the past three years. And, I mean, they have nine new starters on that side of the ball, and they, they just – it's almost getting to the point where they reload on that side of the ball. They don't rebuild. Um, 
And who would have ever thought you'd be saying that about Wake football? But but that's kind of where it is right now. They they bring in some some young, talented offensive players, and that's what they've done this year. Yeah, and then one more question before we get into the the ultimate question. But what does Wake Forest have to do this weekend? I know you talked about defensively, they're going to have to be good, understandably. But wait, what does Wake Forest have to do this weekend to upset Virginia Tech? Yeah, it all starts with slowing down Herbert. I mean, he's averaging, what, like 250 all-purpose yards a game. Um, I was actually at the at the Virginia Tech-Duke game, covering that game for the NNO on one of Wake's, I think it was their off week, where they played Campbell that Friday night. But um, he's a special player. And anytime, you know, if he's in space, he can take it to the house. If he's running in between the tackles, he can break off a couple arm tackles and, and get you 20 yards up the gut. He's just, he's that good. And Wake's defense for as good as they were for one half, it's really, you know, one half out of eight this season that you can really look at and say Wake's defense measured up against a quality opponent and stood their ground. So it's, it's something where, you know, Dave Clawson, we actually talked to uh, earlier Tuesday, basically said, you know, the defense graded out the best they had graded out this season against Virginia. And in order to beat Virginia Tech, they're going to have to be better than that. They're going to have to play even better. So there, there's a lot of respect there. And that's that's where I go to. With, it's just as long as Wake can do what they do offensively uh, without much trouble or, or without all the trouble, um, it's going to be about Wake's defense and whether they're able to slow down Hooker and Herbert. Yeah, and then that's going to lead right into the ultimate question. What's your pick for this week? If you can give us a pick, that would be great between Virginia Tech and Wake Forest. Um, yeah, I, I think it's Virginia Tech. Um, you know, I, I, I think Wake has a little more to prove. Um, I think it's a pretty good, fa- a big factor for Wake that, you know, last year they were seven and one when they went to Blacksburg, they did just debuted in the college football playoff rankings for the first time in school history. They're feeling good about themselves and they go up to Blacksburg and, you know, it was a electric atmosphere um Virginia Tech I think took the first possession of the game and drove 10 minutes and converted two or three fourth downs and it was one of those 17 play marches and it just set the tone for the entire game and I uh, I really thought that was the first game all year that Wake was was the less physical team and so I think there's some revenge factor there you know I think the media tends to overhype revenge factors sometimes but I think this is one of the cases where where you you can say that there's revenge in, in Wake's players' minds, but at the same time, I just, you know, I, I hate to keep going back to it, but, but Khalil Herbert is, is so good. Um, I want, I want to read the expose on how that kid was ever at, at playing football at Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a big believer in him and, and I've liked Hendon Hooker since seeing him in high school when I was covering, uh, Burlington schools and, Burlington is next to Greensboro, so I would see him play some some local games when he was at Dudley, and he's just he's a phenomenal quarterback and a phenomenal runner. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the Raleigh News Observers, Connor and Neil. I know you've been around covering Wake football and the Greensboro, Winston-Salem area now in Raleigh for quite some time. So it was awesome to have you on. Thanks for taking some time. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. And a big thanks to the ACC Network's Eric McLean and the Raleigh News Observer's Connor O'Neill for coming on to help us look at Virginia Tech football and preview Virginia Tech Wake Forest this upcoming weekend. So now we're going to look a little bit into BT Wake Forest. Lance, I know you kind of have some game notes on the game notes on the Demon Deacons. Yeah, just kind of looking through their schedule so far this year. Um, they had college game day, as most of us probably remember, the first week against Clemson. Really didn't even lose that bad to him, only 37-13. Uh, not terrible. Second week, they went to NC State and got in a shootout and lost 45-42. And they beat Campbell, killed Campbell, obviously. Um, then their game with Notre Dame was canceled sometime in there. And then this past Saturday, they beat Virginia 40-23. to Kind of dominated their little goofy high school offense with their three quarterbacks in the game at the same time. But, um, yeah, just kind of looking at Wake Forest, uh, they still do that mesh point, you know, running offense that Tech blew up last year. So hopefully we can blow it up again this year. But they do have a really good running back. His name is Kenneth Walker. Uh, over the last three games, he's finished with at least 100 yards in each game. Um, they found the end zone 13 times in the last three games, which is a little bit skewed because they played Campbell that one game, one of those games, and put 66 points up on him. But, and then on defense, they have – I'm sure a lot of Tech fans remember him from last year, but Carlos Boogie Basham, who's actually from Roanoke, um, he's recorded at least one sack in his last uh, 11 out of 13 games, and he's fourth on Wake Forest's all-time sack list. So he'll be on uh, something to keep an eye on. That should be a good matchup, him versus our offensive line. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Connor kind of summed up Wake pretty good. He obviously knows a lot more about Wake than we do, but um, this game Tech should win if we do what we are supposed to do and we continue to play like we have been playing the last few weeks yeah and we'll make our pick later but like you said connor covered it pretty well jamie newman wakes quarterback last year transfers to georgia ends up opting out so he's gone dave clausen actually in my opinion is should be one of the more respected acc coaches in the game for doing what he did last year to school like wake forest he definitely get a jump ship left to left to go to tennessee a few years ago but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely should be a fun game to watch this weekend. I know uh, Wake's allowed to have two th- uh, something thousand fans. I, I think North Carolina's still at seven percent, so there'll be a little bit of an uh, atmosphere there. But should definitely be a fun one to watch this weekend. So with that, we're gonna move into our hidden gem presented by Beads by Georgia. You can find her on Instagram at Beads by Georgia. If you need jewelry, earrings, anything like that, shoot her a DM. She's got some really cool jewelry for you. Lance, I'll let you go first with your hidden gem, similar to College Game Day's Super Dogs. Well, I have two this week because my boys from Cincinnati and Tulsa decided to cancel me last week. But I'm going back uh, to Cincinnati again. They're actually playing in Arlington this week at SMU. SMU served by two and a half. I'm going to go Cincy to uh, cover that and win outright on the road. Uh, Cincinnati is pretty good this year. So is SMU. It should be a fun game, really. It's 9 o'clock Saturday night. So if you get uh, sick of the Big Ten Michigan-Minnesota game at 7.30 Saturday night, flipping on over that, it should be a good game. And then for my other hidden gem, I'm going to go Georgia Southern over Coastal Carolina. Um, 
Coastal looked good last week. They're getting a lot of hype. They might be drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit, as the coaches say. Georgia Southern's not terrible. So uh, I'll go Georgia Southern at Coastal Carolina to cover the six and possibly win outright. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and just to update you on our score, Lance and I are currently tied at two for getting our hidden gems right. Like Lance said, he's got two this week, so he's got a leg up on me this week, but we shall see. But so going into mine, I already picked FAU earlier this year, but I'm going to go Florida Atlantic and Marshall. Marshall is 4-0. They looked really, really good this year. Top 25 team. They're favored by 16 and a half games up in Huntington. Willie Taggart's only coached one game at FAU. They're 1-0. They've had a lot of COVID issues. But I think they're going to come out ready to play. I don't think they're going to win outright, but I'm expecting them to cover 16 and a half. I was considering going UNC NC State for my hidden gem. Uh, Carolina's favored by 17, but with Devin Leary out, I, I just not, not feeling as confident with that one. So going with Florida, Atlantic, and Marshall. So we will see what we have this upcoming week. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by fifth quarter ACC's account manager, Micah Butel. He's going to join us and make us make some picks of the weeks with us. Right now, I'm going to give you an update on our total. So last week, including the 13th game with Coastal Carolina and Louisiana Lafayette, Lance and I went seven and six, while our guest picker combination of Kevin Fielder and Corey Thorpe went eight and five. That's going to make our totals. The guest is actually leading 27 and 9. 27 and 9. They're 27 and 9. I'm a game back, 26 and 10, and Lance is a, a bit further back, the five games out of first place at 22 and 14. So Lance has got to have a good week of picks this week. Yeah, I got to get it together this week. Yeah, he's, he's got to get it get together. So coming up next, we'll be making our picks of the week. We'll be right back on the Gobble Up podcast presented by Duncan Mazda Blacksburg. Back here on the Gobble Up Podcast, presented by Duncan Mazda and Blacksburg. We're pleased to be joined by Micah from Fifth Quarter ACC to help us come on and pick some games as our guest picker. Micah, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. My pleasure. Oh, yeah, for sure. So diving right into it, we're going to go. This is this is exciting. This is our first full slate of games. But before we do pick some college football, we are recording Tuesday night. The World Series starts tonight quickly let's pick but Lance I'll start with you I know your Atlanta Braves went down but what's your pick between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Los Angeles Dodgers in the World Series uh the Rays because of the Virginia Tech GM so I'll go Rays Micah go for it Uh, I gotta go with the Rays here I went to 17 Rays home games last year when I was living in southern Florida so by rule I'm a Rays bandwagon fan so Rays up I'm going to go the Rays, too. Their bullpen and their starting rotation, I think, is better than the Dodgers. And I think they're going to win. Be the first time in professional sports history, the lowest market beats the highest market in a finals or a World Series. So should be fun to watch. But now diving into what we're here for, college football. Let's start with the Big Ten. They're coming back. Wisconsin-Illinois returns this Friday. We won't pick that one. But we'll start with Penn State and Indiana. Lance, I'll let you go ahead and pick this one first. Uh, I think this would be a pretty good game. I think Penn State's fair about like six and a half, but uh, I'll go Penn State. I don't know too much about Indiana, so uh, I'll go with James Franklin and the Nittany Lions. Micah, go for it. 
I got to go Indiana here. I actually was at Indiana's last game last season against Tennessee in the Tax Slater Gator Bowl. They're returning a lot of their offense. Uh, I don't think Penn State, they're without some pieces that are that were not granted because they signed agents in the offseason, so they can't come back after opting out. So I'm going with Indiana in the upset here. All right, he's got Indiana. I got Penn State. Um, James Franklin seems I think he's going to be ready to play. They've been itching to play. He's been one of the more bigger advocates for Big Ten football playing. So I got the Nittany Lions. They're going to avoid the upset. Penn State's going to win this one. And then college game day, Michigan traveling to Minneapolis to play the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Row, row the boat. Michael, I'll let you go pick this one first. Sky Yuma, row the boat, go Gophers. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Gophers, too. I saw it's pouring snow in Minneapolis today. Uh, It's going to be really cold, so uh, I'll go with Minnesota. I think they'll have a lot of energy. I saw that, too. I saw uh, John Laser's parents uh, send him a picture of the snow. So they always got a good atmosphere up there. I think they got a lot of momentum going. P.J. Fleck, like you said, Sky Umaro, the boat. So Minnesota, Golden Gophers all day. So into the Big 12, Oklahoma, TCU, kind of a historic, not historic, but a, a traditional rivalry. The two teams have played in the Big 12 championship games a f- uh, game a few times. Lance, I'll go ahead and let you pick this one first. Uh, I think Oklahoma's starting to get it together a little bit. They had a big win over Texas, obviously, a couple weeks ago. So uh, I'll go with the Sooners. Go ahead, Micah. Max Duggan is my my boy. I love Max Duggan. I think Gary Patterson led defense. Just like they did against Texas, they'll find a way here. So I'm going to go with the Horned Frogs. I'm going to go Oklahoma. I don't think I can pick against Lincoln Riley here. I just like I think Kevin Fielder said it the other day or the other week when he was on betting against Lincoln Riley in a big game is just you just don't do it. So I got Oklahoma. I think they're going to beat the TCU Horn Frogs and get a big win to hopefully get back on track after their big win against Texas. Another game in the Big Twelve: Iowa State, Oklahoma State. That's a big one. Top sixteen matchup. Mike or Lance, I'll go ahead and let you pick this one first. Uh, I'm going to go Oklahoma State. I think uh, Spencer Sandler's, Sanders, isn't that their quarterback's name, and Chua Hubbard, uh, I think they're a dark horse playoff contender. I think they're going to win the Big 12, so I'm going to go Oklahoma State. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so I'm actually going to be in attendance for this game, guys, so I'm pretty, pretty stoked. Wow. I'm a college football traveler, so I'll be in Stillwater on Saturday. Um, I've seen both teams in person. I saw Oklahoma State roll Kansas, and I saw Iowa State roll Texas Tech. So, and and I also see them saw them beat TCU in Texas. So, I'm going to go with Iowa State here. And the only reason why I say that is you mentioned Spencer Sanders. He's still banged up. He hasn't played really at all this year. He got hurt in the Tulsa game. So, I'm going to go with Brock Purdy against the backup quarterback over at Oklahoma State. Chuba Hubbard can be slowed down. So, I'm going with Iowa State here in a close one. Yeah, you are the ultimate college football traveler. I've been seeing your pictures on Twitter traveling all around. But, uh, no, I'm going to go with Iowa State, too. I, I think they look really, really good. I know they dropped that early game to Louisiana. Brock Purdy, you mentioned him. I, I like him. I think he's a really good quarterback. And they've looked good since then. They had that big win against Oklahoma. Like they don't, you know, Oklahoma, like we talked about, isn't what Oklahoma is typically. But Iowa State, they've looked good this year. I like them. I think they're going to beat the Cowboys and knock off number six ranked Oklahoma State. Into the SEC now, we got Auburn taking on Ole Miss. Mike, I'll go ahead and let you pick this one first. Phoenix is overrated, so give me Ole Miss in a shootout because we all know Lane Kiffin. The lane train ain't stopping. 
Oh, man, both teams looked really bad last week. Uh, Auburn with bad loss to South Carolina, and then Ole Miss, five interceptions or five or six interceptions against Arkansas. Uh, so both teams coming off a rough week last week. I'll go Ole Miss. I just think they score enough points at the end of the day. And, yeah, like you said, I'm not a believer in Bo Nix, so I'll go with the Rebels. I'm going to third that. I'm not a believer in Bo Nix either. We've talked about it weeks Week after week, he's very overrated. But I am still going to go with Auburn. I think Ole Miss looks good. I mean, Matt Carell, their quarterback, can put up a lot of points. Like you said, the lane train. I mean, he can put up points at any time. But for whatever reason, my gut feeling says that Auburn's going to bounce back. They're going to. They're not going to take this this last week, the loss against South Carolina. So I got the Tigers in this one. Last game in the SEC, we got South Carolina off a big win against Auburn, like we just mentioned, traveling to a struggling LSU. They just had a layover after their game against Florida was postponed, and then the week prior had that upset loss to Missouri. So Lance, I'll go ahead and let you pick this one first. I'm going to go with South Carolina. I think Will Muschamp's got it going there with the new quarterback, Hill. Uh, I think they – Got some playmakers on the outside. I was pretty impressed with their Auburn Auburn win last weekend. Bo Pelini and LSU are struggling on defense, so I'm going to go with the Gamecocks. That's tough that you went with them because I'm actually going with South Carolina too. And my my reasoning is as a college football traveler, I like to check and see how much tickets are. Tell me the last time LSU would have a ticket below $20 on StubHub. You can get to the LSU game this weekend if anyone's interested in checking out Death Valley for $20 on StubHub. So that tells you the fan base, the team kind of checked out. So give me South Carolina here because Muschamp needs to save his job. Wow. And here I am logging on to StubHub.com right now. South I, South Carolina, like you said, big win against Auburn last week. But like we just talked about, I think Auburn's overrated. Colin Hill, the Colorado State grad transfer, has been looking good for the Gamecocks. But like I said, another gut feeling. I just can't go against LSU and Ed Orgeron. I think he's going to have the boys ready to play at home in Death Valley. I think they're going to get the win over Will Muschamp and the South Carolina Gamecocks. Our lone group of five matchup for the week. Cincinnati, a big one. Cincinnati traveling to Dallas to play SMU, the Mustangs. Big one in the group of five. Mike, I'll go and let you pick this one first. It's another college football traveler story. I have SMU season tickets because I went to one of their games earlier this year. I was able to sell my ticket for to Saturday's game for $175. Dallas is rocking. They're pumped up. So I'm going SMU, which, by the way, $175 is a set plus 75 on my season tickets. So I made my money back and some in one game. So SMU is winning this one. Yeah, that's a businessman right there. I like it. But uh, I got to go with the Bearcats just because they're my super dog. And uh, they've looked pretty good this year, like I talked about some. So I'm going to go Cincinnati. I like how you're making your picks based on the the, the prices of tickets. <laughs> like you said, true businessman. But, no, I'm going to go the Bearcats too, Cincinnati. Luke Fickle, we have talked about it week in and week out. One of the more up-and-coming coaches in the game and I don't think it slows down against Sonny Dykes and the SMU Mustangs so do you think Cincinnati I think they're the real deal I think they're gonna win this game in Dallas and get a big win in the American now into the ACC I know Micah this is your forte I I, you're gonna have to help me out on this one but I thought I saw on Twitter last week you're at a point where you didn't pick one game right is that correct (laughs) yeah I, I have a bad feeling when it comes to ACC I like to follow my heart so I know I did technically get I did get the Virginia game right. I had Wake Forest winning that one. It was two weeks ago where I got every single game wrong. So I improved last week, but you can't really get any worse than going an Ofer 
but I've kind of learned from my mistakes. Uh, I'm, I'm getting better and I'm not following my heart as much. I'm letting the, the stats kind of tell me more than what my heart wants to tell me. That's good. I mean, you have a chance to prove yourself this week. So right into the ACC, Florida State fresh off a huge win against the fifth-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. They're traveling to Louisville. Big game for the Cardinals, actually. They need a win. Florida State is looking to continue the momentum. Lance, I'll go ahead and let you pick this one first. Uh, I'm going to go to Louisville. I mean, they got to get a win sooner or later, so... Uh, I think they're going to beat Florida State this week, and I think their offense bounces back from a bad performance at Notre Dame. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Yeah, I got to go Louisville here. Uh, this is one of those tough ones because Louisville has been the one that's hurting me the most in my predictions. I didn't even realize until the other day when Dan and I were talking on our podcast that Louisville only has one win this year, and it's Western Kentucky. So uh, it's kind of hard for me to pick Louisville here, but – I think they're the better team, and I think Florida State's going to be, you know, it's one of those letdown type games after a big win against uh, UNC. And before I forget, I definitely want to shout out Micah's podcast along with uh, Dan from ACC Content. They have a great podcast called It Just Means Less ACC Podcast. You can find that on Apple Podcasts. They got a sweet podcast too, so ACC football fan, make sure to check them out. Um, and then next, or I, I got to pick. Uh, I'm going to go Louisville too. Uh, Florida State, they got a big win last week. It just doesn't seem like one of those teams that gets it two weeks in a row. Since they made the quarterback switch to Jordan Travis, they looked really, really good. But I think this is Louisville's week to finally get a win, and I think they're going to get it at home. So uh, sweep across the board. Next game in the ACC, NC State. They've cracked the top 25. They're traveling to North Carolina to face Chapel Hill, to face Tar Heels down in Chapel Hill. Mike, I'll go ahead and let you pick this one first, too. Uh, I was going to go NC State until Devin Leary got hurt. Um, with Devin Leary out, I just don't think Bailey Hockman can outduel Sam Howell. Um, I always keep calling UNC a fraud. The only time they look somewhat relevant is against, you know, your Virginia Tech Hokies. So I'm going to go with uh, UNC here, though. I just think that with Bailey Hockman under center, that's he's not going to be able to outperform um, Sam Howell. And, of course, that running game for UNC is going to give uh, some some problems to NC State's defense. Yeah, I wanted to go with the pack too, but with uh, Devin Leary out, like you said, I just that doesn't seem very smart to me. So I'm going to go with Carolina. I just think their offense is too much. Yeah, I'm going to triple that. I think Devin Leary with the broken fibula definitely hurts, which is really a shame because I think NC State was on to something. They still are, but I was really looking forward to watching this game. NC State has been a fun team to watch this year, but I just got to go with the Tar Heels. Like you said, Micah, Bailey Hawkman versus Sam Howe just doesn't seem right, so I'm going to go with the Tar Heels. And then big one in the Steel City, Notre Dame, 10.5 point favorite against the Pitt Panthers. They're struggling. Lance, I'll go ahead and let you pick this one first. Uh, I'm going Pitt. I don't think Notre Dame's very good, and I think Pitt's defense is going to shut him down. Hopefully Kenny Pickett plays. It doesn't sound like he's going to, so I don't love that, but I'm going to go with Pitt. Yeah, see, I agree with, with your statement to a sense. I'm going to go Notre Dame here. I would have gone Pitt. If Kenny Pickett was playing, I'm a big fan of Kenny Pickett. I think he took a step forward this season. But, yeah, Notre Dame's going to win this one. There are some fun statistical things. Last year when Pitt upset UCF, UCF was a 10.5-point favorite. Uh, when Pitt beat Penn State a few years ago at Heinz Field, Penn State was a 10.5-point favorite. So there's a lot of those. Narduzzi loves to get one upset a year. So this would be the one to pick it. But with Kenny Pickett probably not playing, I just can't do it. I think Ian Book's better than any backup quarterback on Pitt's line up so give me uh, Notre Dame here but I think it might be close 
Yeah, I honestly, I don't get why people are on the pit hype train. Lance, I know this was your third straight week picking pit. You picked them to beat BC, then you picked them to win Miami last week. So I don't know why you're on the pit hype train, and especially with the Kenny Pickett out, like you talked about. I got to get another damn. I know they didn't look good last week against Louisville, but I'm just not a firm believer of Pitt and Pat and RDC. So I'm going to go the Irish in Pittsburgh. Two more picks for you. We got to do it a little bit quicker so we can stay under time. Georgia Tech traveling to Boston College. An interesting matchup in the ACC. Lance, I'll go ahead and let you pick this one first. Uh, Boston College. Yeah, Boston College for me too. I mean, 70, whatever it was to seven is enough for me to. The Clemson effect is real. Yeah, Boston College. I was pretty impressed with them last week against. I mean, I've been pretty impressed with them. Not really impressed against Virginia Tech. I mean, they did some good things, but I think they're going to be too much for the Yellow Jackets, and they're going to get a uh, get back on track at home against Georgia Tech. And then last game, we got our game: Virginia Tech, Wake Forest. Mike, I know you're a big Wake guy, so it was definitely a tough de- tough decision having you on this week. But um, no, um, I'll let you go ahead and pick this one first between Virginia Tech and Wake. See, I want to go Wake here, especially just, you know, go against the curve of all the Virginia Tech guys. But if you've listened to my podcast, I've been, even back before COVID was really a major issue in college football, I was Hennon Hooker for Heisman, dark horse Heisman candidate. I love Hennon Hooker's game. He's not going to turn the ball over. Sam Hartman will, unfortunately. So I'm going to go Virginia Tech here. Maybe Wake can kind of cover the spread, but Virginia Tech's definitely winning this one, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Hokies, too. I think we'll win by 10-plus points. Uh, just kind of keep running the ball down people's throats. Uh, don't stop it until it gets stopped. So I'll go with the Hokies, too. Yeah, I'm going to go for the sweep. Go for Virginia Tech. Hendon Hooker, Khalil Herbert is just going to be too much for the Wake run defense, and I think they're going to run all over them. And I think Virginia Tech is going to get a big win this weekend at Truist Field in Winston-Salem. So that's going to do it for our Picks of the Weeks. Thanks so much to – Fifth quarter ACC's Mike Micah for joining us. Uh, thanks for coming on to help us pick some games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good luck to your Hokies. Uh, I wish you guys nothing but the worst. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, big one this week at Virginia Tech Wake Forest. So thanks for hopping on with us. And a big thanks to fifth quarter ACC's Micah for coming on to help us pick some games this weekend. Lance, the Big Ten is back. We should have a great weekend of college football coming up. Yep, I mean, TV schedule for the weekend. You got Nebraska at Ohio State, big noon, Saturday on Fox. It should be a good one. Um, see Justin Fields play, 3.30. If you're a Tech fan, obviously, then Tech Wake Forest. But uh, Tennessee and Bama play, too, at 3.30. Uh, watch Jared Garantano, Garantano throw five interceptions. And then uh, 7.30, you got Michigan at Minnesota game day game. So that should be a good game, so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a full schedule finally, minus the Pac-12, but they don't really count anyways, so it should be a good weekend. <laughs> yeah, so Pac-12 still got a couple more weeks before they return, but the Big Ten, they do make their return this weekend. Like I said, great slate of games. Thanks so much for listening to the Goblin Up podcast presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. For Paul Duncan, our producer, Lance Weller, our co-host, who is coming to us from home today in Apex, North Carolina, Lance, you got any final thoughts for everyone at home? Uh, no, just enjoy your college football Saturday this weekend. And if you can, if you're a Virginia Tech fan and you can, uh, go ahead and look on StubHub for some Louisville tickets next week, and let's take over uh, Cardinal Stadium. Yeah, I know Lance will be there. I may be there. We will see, um, but we'll have more about that coming later. 
But like I said, thanks so much for listening to the Goblin Podcast presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. Huge thanks to our title sponsor, Duncan Mazda. Like I said, follow us on Twitter at FQ Gobble Up at FQ Virginia Tech. As well as if you're listening on Gal- uh, Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much, everyone listening, whether you're on Spotify, Anchor, or any other platform. We really appreciate it. Enjoy your college football Saturday. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gobble em Up podcast, a podcast a part of the Fifth Quarter Sports Network and presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. A special continuous thanks goes out to our graphic designer, Molly McPherson, our announcer and current voice of the Tulane Green Wave and former voice of Virginia Tech women's basketball and baseball, Andrew Allegretta, and of course, our main editor and producer, Paul Duncan. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.